Okie dokie. That's the end of Serbia, Costa Rica. An exciting game. Uh, we, were, we were all excited to watch Serbia because they're one of those teams, as we remarked during the game, and which you're maybe slightly surprised to realise that you know every one of their players. Uh, Kolarov, of course, with the only goal of the game. A lovely free kick. Is that, is that the third free kick goal of the tournament so far? Mm. Three free kick goals in four days? What's the other one? Well, there was Golovin and Ronaldo. Oh, Golovin, yeah. 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 And speaking of uh, young players from Europe, um, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, who we profiled a couple of months ago uh, on on our YouTube channel, played extraordinarily well, didn't Didn't he? It. I called him it. You did. I meant he. The uh, ITV co-commentator kept getting his age wrong. Well, how old is he? He's 23 and they kept saying he was 20. Right. I, think, I think it was Ian Dowie. It'd be better if he was 20. It would be, well, he'd probably be more valuable if he was 20. No, It'd be great had, if he was 14. He had a good game. Serbia should have um, should have won this more comfortably, really. Mm. Um, and they, like you said, they, they are a team where you unexpectedly go, oh, actually, yeah. he's really good yeah. and he's really good. And yeah. They're big, strong, physical side very, very strong through central midfield. Um, Tadic and Lajic, uh out wide can create a lot and cut inside. I think Mitrovic wasn't perhaps as, as sharp as I would have hoped, having, when I mean, I've not watched him much at Fulham, but mm. um, he's clearly been very good for them. Yeah. So uh, he looked a little bit off the pace. but um, Two more games to come, at least. Yeah, I mean, Serbia should be comfortably through from this group. Do you think? Um, yeah. Switzerland are the other uh, other team that I mean I think we're all assuming Brazil will probably win the group and yes. um, Switzerland are the other team you would imagine who could challenge Serbia. There were there were I mean actually in the in the group E video that we uh, that we put out on the YouTube channel there were lots of people saying that they thought Switzerland would go through ahead of Serbia. Is that a hangover from previous tournaments or previous Switzerland teams? I mean about two two to four years ago they had uh, you know a quite quite high achieving <coughs> well drilled well organized team. No, I think I think it's because they are both good sides. Yeah, and I think where there are perhaps concerns over Serbia uh, at centre back, particularly with Nastasic injured, um, and because they replaced their manager um, quite uh, soon prior to the tournament. That's a horribly constructed sentence. You know what I mean. Just just shortly before the just tournament began. Before the tournament began, mm. that would have been a lot better. We could, we we can still say it in fewer words. Okay. Not long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Just. They just done that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Switzerland, you know, in in Shakiri particularly, they've they've got a player who can, you know, change a game. Briel and Bolo sure. as well out on the right is very very strong. Um, I just think this Serbia team has look, the the way they played this game. I think. Yes, tactically, stylistically, they did what we'd expect. They also seemed incredibly up for it. Yeah. And not to get all ITV about this. Sure. Um, you know, there, there have been um, maybe performances where teams have been um, less aggressive. Mm. Um, well, Nigeria were very, very lazy. Yes. According to Alan <laughs> Koist, yeah. Oh, God. Um, yes, uh, at, at this moment, Patrice Evra is on our screen, and mm. it, 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 he's got a lot of stick for sort of slightly sarcastically applauding Enia Luko earlier for having done some research. Right. So so the pundits are all having a good one mm. at the moment. It's all going super well for them. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I think Serbia are, Serbia are kind of an angry side. Yeah. Um, and they're brutish, and I think Switzerland will crumble 
like, you're using quite a lot of Eastern European uh, chocolate. So you're using you're out. using some uh, some terms stereotypically associated with Eastern Europe there. No, I think if you look Explain at... Explain yourself. Say, for example, look at average height. Right? Yeah. You've got, in Kolarov, you've got a superb set-piece taker. Mm-hmm. We saw that from the direct free kick anyway, but mm-hmm. he'll be able to do that from wider positions for delivery. Even their skillful Milinkovic Savic is six foot two or something, isn't right, it? Right, exactly. Uh, centre-backs are massive. Mitrovic Matic is, is taller massive. than anyone has ever lived. Matic is, is six foot four or something. Sure. So they will bully sides mm. um, physically. In the air, I think again, you know, as well when when you've got players like Sha- okay, Shakiri's very, um, very quick and and kind of bullish and small. But if you're if you're marking players like that and you're that much larger, which most of the Serbian side are, mm. then you can you can basically knock them over with a hip. I was going to say you can force them out of the game through the physicality of your defending, but yes, exactly sure. that. So mm-hmm. um, I. I can see Serbia beating Switzerland. I think Serbia what about Brazil, Brazil will be a really interesting game. Yeah. Um, Brazil in players like Casemiro, Renato, Augusto, Paulinho, they they do have players that will be able to to stop Milinkovic Savic from getting into the game as much. They've got some stacked central midfielders. They do have some some mm. big lads. Paulinho is is yeah, like absolutely strong. Um but at the same time, it's got a big old barrel chest, a bit like Alexis Sanchez. If um, if Brazil have got a, a particularly a kind of a deep dropping centre forward, whether it's Roberto Firmino or, or Gabriel Jesus who mm. plays up there, um, in Milivojevic, Serbia have got a player who can drop back from central midfield and mark them. Mm. Um, so I think that will be a really interesting matchup. I think that's by far and away the most intriguing game of this group. Yeah, um, I think. Also, Brazil, I, I like um, probably be quite dull. I like Milivojevic because he's the new Milijedinac, and their names sound kind of similar. Yeah, and uh, they both took penalties for Crystal Palace. Yes, and they both play the same position. Although Jedinac has a much much stronger beard. Sure, Jedinac's sure. beard is. Does Milivojevic have a beard? I think he's got a sort of like slightly haggard five yeah. o'clock shadow, hasn't okay. he? One of the other things I need to pull you up on there is that you said Firmino, and people get very upset at us when we do that. What, how should it be said? Firmino. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I don't really understand why... I mean, there, there are lots of the other Brazilian names that don't, obviously don't have the I-O. But it's they it's have Firmino. The, Firmino. Right. People okay. people are in, have insisted at me in the past on YouTube comments well, and Twitter and stuff. Well, if anyone wants to come down to Firmino. the old red lion and fight me... Yeah. <laughs> because it, it, rather than rather than Juninho or something... Right. That's got an H, though. That has the H, yeah. so I'm the not, H is the difference. I'm not entirely sure what the squiggly bit above it in. Right. I'm sure we'll get stick, off, stick for saying the squiggly bit. The above accent. The that, yeah, the yeah. accent. I think that also produces a ny as well. Right. Yeah. I should have asked you straight away. You are our foreign language correspondent. I can speak French, but that's about it. So what would you say, Firmino? Oh, um, now, but I've been saying Firmino, but I'm clearly wrong as well. I was too, yeah. but uh, I think... How do we know... That we're wrong and that the, the whingy below the liners are right. Because everyone on the telly is saying Firmino as well. Okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it caught me by surprise as well, that one. But uh, I just wanted to stop any weird pull comments. Pull me up on it, really. Not you? pull you up on it. You I just, just didn't I didn't want to have to read someone going... You criticise me. It's Firmino, not Firmino. Okay. Um, but we're all learning. And we did agree last night that once the second round of group stage games 
uh, pass, there'll be a sort of like a, the equivalent of a swear jar for us mispronouncing names because it's totally reasonable at this point in the tournament, I think, to not be able to pronounce names. But once you've heard everyone's name a couple of times, it should be it should be in there, shouldn't it? So I'll be putting a lot of money in that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, okay, well I'll look forward to seeing Serbia play uh, Brazil. I think that will be an interesting game. Costa Rica, presumably, this was a, an opportunity as Switzerland will be to earn some points on the board unlikely that we're going to see them go through now but did you see anything you liked from them Alex? Um, yeah I think Belanos was okay when he came on Joel Campbell was uh, quite Arsenal right. a bit like Iwobi was yesterday sure. yeah. lots of movement not mm-hmm. much end product mm-hmm. um, Kalo Navas played well um, but I, I think there's not there's not a huge amount from Costa Rica going forwards mm. um, they probably got maybe one or two more chances even than I would have expected them to yeah I, I just there, there just seems like a disparity in class between them and the other sides in this group which they'll find very very difficult to okay to conquer Phil uh, Germany and Brazil are both playing today and I want you to tell me now which one's going to be better <laughs> <laughs> um, they've got quite a different opposition haven't they well yeah Germany are playing Mexico Brazil are playing Switzerland yeah but the, potentially both games with fewer goals, maybe. Uh, traditionally, Germany start their tournaments very strongly, mm. and they nearly always win their first game. I okay. reckon that'd be a very exciting game, actually. I think Mexico are really, yeah, really exciting as well. So I, I, I could see it being like a three-two or something like Ooh, that. Oh, I hope so. Um, whereas Brazil, I think that they'll they'll kind of do the job against Switzerland, yeah. as I think we mentioned in the video that they're very. Uh, it's a very experienced group of players, yeah. and um, I think they'll they'll probably do a quite decent job of styming um, Brazil's play. But um, yeah, I think it's just a, a not particularly interesting two 0 win. Bit so, of a stodger. So I'll, I'll say Germany. Okay, fine. For entertainment value, you agree with that, Alex? Don't you? One hundred percent. Oh, good. I'll say the opposite then. <laughs> uh, right. Well, we'll be back in a little bit uh, after the next game, which is Germany Mexico. Uh, so chat to you soon. It was a Lozano special. Mexico <laughs> won, Germany nil. Probably the first, I would, you know, real shock, I suppose, of the tournament. People might say Iceland, Argentina, but we saw that coming because we're sort of. Well, actually, if you listen to all the podcasts, we didn't really see that coming. But it's not as much of a shock as this, is it? Uh, it was nice for us because we made a, a video profiling Lozano a few weeks back. And uh, boy, did he deliver, Alex. Lozano delivered big time. He did. Actually, what I liked about uh, his goal... Well, he goal, scored a goal. I mean, he didn't... Uh, he scored a goal. He delivered a goal big time. Uh, but also, he made that exact move about four times before yeah. his goal. And I don't know if it was... It's one of those uh, one of those things where it's difficult to work out whether that's impossible to stop, or whether a defender might have known that that was going to happen the fifth time round. Well, there's two things to say. Firstly, it was like watching Arjen Robin, but in a mirror image. Yeah. And and with Robin, there is kind of that joke that you and always also he doesn't look like a fifty year old man. Well, that also. Yeah. Um, yeah. He. You know exactly what he's going to do, but that doesn't make it any easier to stop him. A bit like Bale, 2012. Having said that, if you're Joshua Kimmich, yeah. then 
you you know that you should probably stand ten yards further back than you have been standing. Yeah. And and Kimmich, I thought was. I mean, look, we've we've done a lot of work with the Bundesliga this last season and watched a lot of Bayern, particularly. And he is an outstanding player, but he abdicated any sense of defensive responsibility today. Yeah. He was so far forward at one point he was chancing overhead kicks on the penalty spot. Yeah, and so, a couple of those times actually it was Boateng who was covering behind him to make a make a block. I yeah. thought Boateng played really, really well yeah. under very, very difficult circumstances. Uh, particularly, in fact, after a, a move that I know you as a Sebastian Rudy fanboy didn't understand. <laughs> but when, when Kadira was withdrawn and you've then got a midfield double for a team who's been struggling to stay compact and yeah. prevent counter-attacks your midfield double pivot is then Tony Cruz and Meza Ozil yeah what was Yogi Ler thinking there yeah uh, it's a bizarre decision it was a bit strange yeah um, a word on Javier Hernandez as well because he, he had a very good game and there was uh, some emotional images of him after the victory I suppose it would be a, it's a big deal for the Mexican players yeah, huge. Um, I mean, we you know we we were fairly confident they would get through this group. I I don't think we were confident to the degree that they would beat Mexico. I I thought it would be not a comfortable win for Germany by any stretch. And, yeah. and Mexico are an unpredictable side. We could see from the way they were set up that they they did play with someone's done something naughty mm. um, they did play with four at the back but um, Gallardo on the left was getting very far forward Leon on the right was dropping way way deep sometimes yeah. so they're a hugely positionally fluid side and they are really difficult to defend against and how did Javier Hernandez work for the team because he's quite you know he's uh, described I suppose as a fox in the box he's very fast play he's quite small his, his uh, hold up play isn't terrible but it's not what he's known for how, how does that front front line system work for Mexico with a striker like him what he's always doing is looking to move, and that means that one of the centre-backs has always got to be watching that, yeah. and quite probably because of the, the speed of his movement, it makes it hard to hand him from one centre-back to another. And so when you've so, got him and Lozano that you need to be watching constantly... And Carlos Vela playing <coughs> just off that and looking mm. to play those through balls... Yeah then it creates a kind of dogleg in the defensive line because yeah. their players drifting across with Hernandez. The other players may be looking to push forwards to close down Vela, particularly yeah. given that Germany's midfield wasn't doing that. Mm. And Germany's midfield, again, abdicated their defensive responsibilities. That's what creates the sort of gap that Lozano can then cut inside from mm. the left-hand side into mm -hmm. because... Hernandez has made those runs. Yeah, and looking forward for Mexico now, the other two teams in the group, Sweden and Korea Republic, you would assume, uh, on the evidence that we've just seen, that Mexico are perfectly capable of winning both of those games. I, I think uh, we were talking about this during the game as well. From an in England perspective, that's quite, a, that's quite an interesting uh, proposition because prior to this result, the likely eventuality were England to make it to a quarter-final in either of those staggered legs they would be facing Brazil or Germany. As it stands now, if Mexico can crack on and win the group and, you know, again, win their game of the uh, first round of 16, that's an option uh, for England to face. I mean, not certain that they desperately want to face the Mexico team that we've just seen beat Germany, but that's, uh, that's another possibility now. Yeah, I think I think Germany are going to get better. Yeah. Um, and so I think this this Mexico performance will be seen in context later on in the tournament as 
having played a Germany team that was sort of finding its feet and made some yeah. mistakes they won't make again. Yeah. Uh, I think Mexico-England would be fascinating because I think you've got in that two of probably the most tactically fluid sides yeah. in the tournament. Um, just a note on those other two games. I mean, Sweden and Korean Republic, they will be hard to break down. Yeah. They'll, be, they'll be harder to break down than Germany will, yeah. even though they'll pose less of an attacking threat. Because they're not playing... So mm, forward foot, I suppose. Well, that doesn't make any sense. No, but saying. yeah, exactly. They're they're not playing on the front foot as yeah. much. They will look to sit off. They'll basically take this game as kind of setting a marker for how they need to respond yeah. to Mexico, and they'll look at those quick counter attacks. They'll sit somebody on Vela. Yeah, they'll probably double up on Lozano. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think you'll yeah, it, it, Mexico will probably frustrate a little bit in those games yeah. because they'll still be creating opportunities but I think they'll find it hard to break them down I do still see them winning them yeah. but I've been wrong about lots of other <laughs> stuff so including far. this game <laughs> I, yeah I, I'd like to point out that I'm always I'm always justified in my like my wrongness is a surprise wrongness <laughs> uh-huh. I'd like to say that I'd sure. like to make that really clear well Phil I'm going to ask you now uh, because we saw the Mexican goalkeeper make a few nice saves but he wasn't s- stressed that much I suppose what do you think it was that, that went wrong for Germany because beforehand we talked about them uh, starting tournaments strong traditionally yeah I found that even quite early on there was a which is often a worrying sign, there was a lot of long shots as well, yeah. which meant that they were seemingly finding it quite hard to even kind of get get uh, find a way to play within the, the Mexican box. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I could probably be a bit more au fait with, uh, with Timo Werner than I am, but I suppose it's, it's obviously it would have been go, gone through qualifying with Germany, but it's, it's, it's probably quite a big stage for him to yeah. perform on, I wonder, and I wonder if he was perhaps... Nerves could have been, could have yeah. been a bit of a problem. And what about Mesut Özil? Because we were talking about him during the game. You're a uh, you're a fond Arsenal semi fan, uh, so you'll I'm be a fan. you're a Leicester fan, I'm but you, you sort of you know you you have, you have soft, a fondness for Arsenal. Have a soft spot, yeah. Um, you'll have watched uh, Özil play there over the last few years. What what do you make of him? Not necessarily just in this game, but a conversation that we were having during the game was questioning um, how good he actually is. What do you think of him? Well, I think that uh, at Arsenal. Even there, kind of within certain seasons, he's split opinion um, in regards to what he actually does. There was a lot of people who were sort of saying, "Why doesn't he score goals?" Well, reason being is it's not essentially his job. Yeah. His job uh, that's been accepted more is that he's he's a good playmaker and he's like very creative, which is something that we didn't really see today. And looked pretty lost. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know if it'd be a case of certain Arsenal fans being feeling vindicated because I think they perform quite differently today than they has done for for Arsenal throughout the season. So it makes you wonder why there would be such a kind of limp performance today necessarily. I think Germany played a lot like Arsenal played. Actually, I think I think the bailed out by their centre backs. Fullbacks getting too high, not enough of a ball-winning presence in midfield. Mm. Lots of playing around in front of the box resulting in long shots, having mm. a striker who's trying to move and get onto passes but not receiving them. I think if you're an Arsenal fan, you're watching that and thinking, oh, this is remarkably reminiscent. Is it maybe a bit fortuitous for Germany then to say that they are in uh, a group with two other teams that they should comfortably beat? 
Or, or are, we, are we getting carried away with the loss today? You said you think they're going to get better. Oh, they'll definitely get better. Yes, I, I think... Um, it's just it's uncharacteristic of them, isn't it? it? It's uncharacteristic of them not... It's not uncharacteristic of them to lose necessarily, no. although they don't lose often. To me, what was uncharacteristic was the manner of the loss. Mm. It was the, the, the lack of initial organisation and then failing to react to a succession of attacks that developed in exactly the same way. Yeah, I mean, and the, you the didn't whole... see Kimmich dropping no. back. You didn't see the substitution of uh, a like-for-like for Kadira coming on, which just made no sense to me whatsoever. No, but uh, even when Gomez came on in the you know, late 70th minutes, we, we were thinking several, several points throughout that second half, oh, Germany are going to score, score two goals. Of course they are, of course yeah. they are, yeah. And they didn't. And they didn't. And they didn't. No. No, they didn't. But, but I, I don't think they'll make those mistakes again. No. Um, okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we're going to set up now and watch the uh, the Brazil game this evening, Brazil-Switzerland, which uh, we have said a couple of times today might be a bit of a dud, potentially. Um, yeah, I can I can see. I mean, Brazil should win this comfortably. I've got them down. Oh, I've got them down as a... As a four-one win in my <laughs> wow. my spreadsheet, you've clearly forgotten or changed your mind since you said that. Then I think that there's the argument that Brazil would be wanting to kind of really set their stall out, yeah. um, especially after uh, their exit the, at the last tournament and saying, "Look, here we are." Yeah, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to end up stonking Switzerland five-nil. That kind of market, I suppose, could be said with a solid 2-0 basically yeah. a commanding win so ok you think 2-0 I'm sticking with quite a boring 2-0 win but yeah I think on. I think 4-1 and I think Marcelo will make Arsenal fans cry that they've signed Lechsteiner ok I think Switzerland are going to win 3-1 just okay. for just for fun just you, for fun. you just say this to be contrary. Yeah, but also because every time you say something, the opposite thing happens. So I'm not, I don't think they're going to win. Oh, no, I predicted Serbia uh, would win. Yeah, sure. Everyone knew Serbia was going to win. That was easy. That was an easy one. Yeah, I still got it. I'm just saying, I'm not criticizing you specifically. I mean, Feels you've been like right. It. You've been right. You know, with uh, how teams would play, which is your job. But results have evaded you so far, I'd say. Okay, we're going to watch this game now. We'll come back and chat about it afterwards. Uh, see you in a bit. So on balance, I think I was closest to being right uh, because the result was unexpected there. Yeah, one-one. Yeah. You guys thought Brazil was going to win. I thought Switzerland were going to win. I think a draw is closer to a Switzerland win than it is to a Brazil win. So I'm going to claim that one. Uh, what did you make of that, Phil? There were signs that Brazil were going to be what I was expecting. Of actually really kind of putting their mark on the tournament, especially that absolute screamer from Coutinho. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Just that. that I think Switzerland did a really good job of keeping themselves solid and organised and not being particularly cowed. And I think that that early goal in the first half really set them up for a very confident display. I mean, mm. they, they they can really after after Serbia's result today, they can now be you know set themselves up for a qualification yeah. as well. Where you know a defeat today would have been pretty difficult to. Mm to look at uh, where to go from there. Yeah, I mean, put it this way, I suppose, if they can beat Costa Rica, and if they can even just get a draw against Serbia, then the pressure's on Serbia to yeah. draw against Brazil, which presumably is going to be uh, against the run of what you would expect. Um, let's talk about uh, uh, Shakiri as well, because he's always quite entertaining to watch 
in uh, in Switzerland games. Uh, where does he play now? He's a Stoke Rangers. Still a Stoke, still a Stoke now. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've always found him very entertaining. Occasionally he scores one goal. The commentators noted that he scored the the goal of the goal of the tournament two years ago at the Euros. Uh, there were times there where he uh, looked like he was going to finish off the perfect counter attack on his own. Other times where he looked like he was going to kick the ball out of the stadium. It's uh, it's very confusing. A lot of fun, wouldn't you say? But he's presumably. Switzerland's main creative attacking outlet, although he didn't yeah, score today's goal. Well, there were moments at the end. It was just it looked like he was basically taking the piss out of um, <laughs> some of the Brazilian Brazilian defenders at the back, and I, I was just finding the real uh, fun mix to watch. Because I said he, he looks like a sort of a, 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 a tin of corned beef, basically. He's mm. really sort of small and chunky, but it's so delicate as well, and <laughs> um, so bright with what he's what he's going to do next. And, yeah. Uh, Really watching him. Yeah, uh, Alex. What went wrong for Brazil then? Were they a little bit stolid in the second half? They didn't kick on in the way that we expected them to at half time. No, um, I think probably. Well, firstly, credit has to go to um, particularly Valen Barami, um, who worked brilliantly to get Neymar out of the game, dropping off, following him everywhere. Yeah, um, and Cher and Akanji, the two Switzerland centre backs, also played really, really well. But I think the issue is um, transitions for Brazil from midfield because they don't have a natural passer, a creative deep-lying passer in that midfield. Mm. It's about getting the ball quickly to the front three, arguably by trying to have the midfield pressing up and quite close to that um, front three. Kind of a bit like how PSG play. Well, what about, I was going to ask you this then, because about 70 minutes in, Gabriel Jesus... Uh, heads off and on comes Firmino and we've seen Firmino all season you know again they mentioned 27 goals for Liverpool this year but also one of the things one of the things that he's famed for uh, particularly with that Liverpool team is being able to hold the player very well create chances for those two wide forwards and in Brazil with Willian and Coutinho just behind and also um, uh, uh, Neymar obviously that seems the obvious choice doesn't it what does Jesus bring to that front line that is seeing him start as opposed to, to, to Firmino I don't know yeah. is the honest answer because I think what you say makes sense particularly given that that, that midfield um, of Renato Augusto Paulinho and Casemiro is picked for its solidity its functionality Yeah, none of those players really create much, they're all very tidy they're yeah. all defensively very sound but I think if you don't have a deeper line passer in that midfield three. You do need a striker that drops off and acts as a kind of a ten as much as they do a nine. And yeah. Firmino is the obvious choice for that. Yeah. I think Jesus is is probably a bit more dynamic. Um, fits into that idea of creating quite a fluid front three. But actually, what I was seeing from from Brazil's front three, not dissimilar actually to France's front three, was almost too much fluidity Mm. um, too little connectedness Mm. and too many times players pretty much running down blind alleyways because everyone was sort of moving all over the place getting into space and stuff but it wasn't there wasn't enough cohesiveness for that to actually result in an end product well some of the other hallmarks that Firmino brought to the second half when he came on as well was a little bit more chasing down what I was confused about was that when Switzerland had moments of breaking the pressure that Brazil were building up, the Brazilians would sit back. And I think they were following what I assume were the same pressing triggers that they were in the first half, 
which was only press the ball when it's moving into the midfield. The front three weren't really doing any of that at all. And it gave Switzerland probably cumulatively five or ten minutes of breathing time in the second half, in the second half when they needed that and when they were trying to hold on to a 1-1 draw. It, so it seemed strange to me. Firmino changed that a little bit when he came on, but there was didn't seem to be a lot of urgency. I realise that is probably a coached thing. Yeah, but what but is the reason for that when they've got players who are energetic up front and have the legs to do that? I mean, Williams a great defensive forward as well. Yeah, again, it's it's like um, like with PSG. Yeah. I think the idea is that if if that front three aren't pressing actively, then they can find space so that when the ball is won back by the midfield three of Brazil, yeah. as it is likely to be done, then those midfielders can very quickly release the front three who then have space to carry the ball into and can create some momentum dribbling, uh, get the movement going. Yeah. Whereas if they're engaged in the press, they are closer to at least one defensive line. Mm. And that means it's either the passing lane is, is cut off because the player who's just been pressed out of the ball can then get in the way and try and win it back, mm. or they're close to the defensive the, the, the back defensive line mm. because they're pressing them, in which case it's quite easy to step up and mark them. Well, they didn't quite work today. No, it didn't work today, no. How but I, but think? I think it, it, it didn't work because of how well... Um, Switzerland defended that yeah. central column of the pitch, particularly with Barami and the two centre backs. Yeah. How well do you think Coutinho, or how important do you think Coutinho is going to be then? Because we saw him score a lovely goal today. That you could make an argument, as we've done with some of the other teams, who have you know standout players, that their ability to drag defenders towards them creates space for other players. Maybe we're going to see Coutinho benefit from playing alongside Neymar, who oppositions will assume to be the main threat. Yeah, I, I think that's true. But I mean, based on today's performance, I, th- I think a, a radical, but in some ways potentially a sensible move for Brazil would be to look at, particularly against teams that are going to drop off and, and really try and defend even more possibly than Switzerland did, mm. is um, is actually play Coutinho up on the left, mm. play Firmino centrally, Willian on the right, and then have a better creative passer. In central midfield, that where does Neymar go? Drop him. Drop Neymar. I don't. I don't <laughs> like him. I don't like him anyway. <laughs> I was taking you seriously up to that point. No, you what, can't drop Neymar. What, what, what did Neymar contribute today? No, I'm not saying he necessarily did, but I mean, he's a petulant, divey, selfish player. Sure, but he scores a lot of goals. Did he score a goal today? No, but he's the most valuable player in the world. So. I don't know. I feel like it, you can't drop Neymar. And I think to suggest that they should, because they won't, isn't <laughs> efficient for podcasting. What do you mean efficient? It isn't... Um, it isn't uh, it's not going to happen. No. So it's quite... You're playing a safe bet there. You're playing a safe bet there. Yeah, I think... Where, where do you put him? I, I could see the point about making playing Coutinho on the wide left, but presumably then you'd have to put Neymar in the 10. <sighs> I think possibly a, a more pragmatic answer is to to try and make it look a little bit more four four two, but have uh, Neymar and Firmino playing alongside each other. Firmino, Firmino, sorry, and and Jesus, and, uh, yeah, no, not Jesus, um, and then Coutinho left and Willian right. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and have I don't know Casemiro and Paulinho 
central midfield as a kind of double. Yeah. Um, try to get a little further forward on the flanks. Coutinho will be able to cut in because Marcelo will overlap mm-hmm. more. They don't have the same level of support from right back. No. Danilo doesn't get forward as much as Dani Alves does. No. I think that kind of restricts their ability to play down that side as well. Mm. Um, well I suppose that's why they started Bullion. I guess it is more I mean, of a natural winger, and I suppose yeah, even today I really like William. I think me he's... too. But even if even if Danilo did get does get forward more as a player, is there not an argument to say that, that the coaches said to him, "Don't in this game because you've got William, who's a natural winger. He's not going to cut inside as much. He's going to stay. You know, he's going to yeah, keep possibly. a bit more width. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I mean, I, I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't seen enough of Danilo because. Yeah. He barely played at Man City, yeah. despite that big transfer. So, you know, he was kept out of the side by Carl Walker. So it's very difficult to know yeah. what his instinct is and whether he's curtailing his instinct because Williams playing ahead of him. Whether yeah. Williams playing ahead of him to mitigate the fact he's not as. I think if Danny Alves were fit, yeah. you would have seen Danny Alves at right back, and then you'd kind of be able to infer from that whether Williams being asked to do something differently or being picked because mm. of that. It's, it's really hard to answer that without having seen more of Danilo. So, well, it's an interesting day because Germany lose, Brazil draw, both unexpected results. Mm. None of the huge teams have really come out and staked a claim to the tournament yet. In fact, even going into it was slightly difficult, I think, to to uh, decide who the favourite really was. Well, of the big teams, only France have won and they've arguably had the easiest game. And played quite badly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, Switzerland, I think. You know, as we were saying with Phil, it sets the stage for them to qualify from the group, and we've been a little bit down on them. We have been down on them, um, and I think if this has proved anything, it's that you can do endless hours of research on football teams mm. and produce hopefully competent videos that explain how they play, and then once you get into tournament football. It's all on the day. It's pointless trying to predict what happens <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I've been made to look really stupid on a number a of real occasions fool. now. A real fool. And yeah, I could I could tell you what's happening and I could tell you why certain things are going on. Yeah. But whether it's the pressure of the situation or bad decision making or for you or, or for the players for the. <laughs> is, is the pressure of the situation getting bad? To you? Bad decision making on my part. Yeah, sure. Um... <laughs> It's uh, yeah. Maybe I'm just I'm I'm tipping other sides so that I can like put loads of money on an exchange and go the other way. Sure, possibly yeah. it's that. It's not that. Well, um, anyway, that was it. Was a good day though. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to chat more. We'll be back tomorrow at the old Red Lion Theatre upstairs. Do come down, buy a drink, buy no, a pint. No one's come down yet. No, no, I mean, well, no unless they haven't, they've been quiet downstairs. Well, why? I don't know. I don't know. Why would you not want to come and meet us? We're Actually, just to be clear, the invitation to come down is not specifically to meet up, it's just to come to the pub. Maybe we will meet you. Also, Maybe. The Maybe we'll pass you made it very clear that we're behind several doors, <laughs> yeah. so I think that might be a reason why we're wrong. Several true. doors with puzzles you must solve <laughs> to unlock. Uh, right, okay, well, um, see you tomorrow.